Fate would like to thank Windsor and Newton and Liquitex for being this year's Platinum Level Conference sponsors. If you need an art supply, they have it covered. You can find out more at windsornewton.com, liquitex.com, or better yet, drop by their booth at the conference. Welcome to Positive Space, Conversations and Art Foundations, a production of Foundations in Art, Theory and Education, also known as FATE. Positive Space is a podcast providing opportunities for those passionate about art foundations to discuss and promote excellence in the development and teaching of college-level foundations in art studio and art history classes. Hey, you guys. This is Valerie Powell. Welcome to Positive of space. Today we have Alex Robinson from St. Edwards University in Austin, Texas, and Caleb Taylor from Kansas City Art Institute joining us for a little chat. Welcome, you guys. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, so I thought we'd start just kind of with the general sort of background into, you know, sort of who you are, what you teach, and the kind of stuff that you make. Okay. Should I should I go first? Sure, go oh, Valerie, do you want to? Okay. This is... Uh... <laughs> This is Alex Robinson, and I, um, I'm an associate professor at St. Edwards, and I'm the foundation coordinator and the gallery director. Uh, currently, I teach a drawing-to-process-based course. I teach a foundation art and design course. It's like a 2D, 3D, 4D combo. And I teach a visual studies uh, one course, which is like a concept-forward, photo-based course. And I've been teaching here about five years. This is my fifth year. And I've been teaching in general for about 15 years, I guess. And, and I'm originally, more or less originally from Kansas City. So it's been uh, an interesting five years away. <laughs> and I, I was so happy to be included in this podcast because it gets me thinking about all the things that I want to visit when I come back for the conference in, in April. Nice, nice. Hi, uh, I'm, I'm Caleb Taylor, and I am an assistant professor in the foundation department at KCAI, and I am the associate chair of the program right now. As the uh, host, uh, as KCAI being the host to the FATE conference, I've had a significant amount of responsibility in terms of uh, adding shape and substance to the, to the conference along with several of my colleagues. Uh, right now, we're in the middle of our semester in, in the foundation department at KCAI, we have what we call a workshop curriculum in the spring where each faculty member teaches three varied workshops in theme and subject matter and process um, that each will last five weeks long. We're in the middle of our second workshop. And currently I'm teaching a workshop called chromatic constructions, which is uh, a rather traditional color painting, color theory workshop, but it involves aspects of um, three dimensional design geometry uh, and, and, and asking students to look closely at the relationships of observed color. I've been teaching at KCAI now for five years um, in different capacities, um, and I've been administrating in the program now for the last year and a half. Oh, wow. Wow, very cool. Well, and I, I thought you guys would be just the perfect people to, to get the fate crew excited about our upcoming conference in Kansas City. And I thought, you know, specifically, you know, kind of a, a general overview just in terms of what are some things that you're looking forward to um, and what are some things you can get us sort of pumped about in terms of happening at uh, the fake 
conference. And maybe we can start with Caleb because I know you're involved yeah. in a lot of the organizing of the programming there um, in Kansas City. Sure. So uh, the, if, we, if we start by talking about the idea, the theme of the conference, which the theme of the conference is beyond the core. Uh, when, when myself and our colleagues started designing the conference, we really thought, I mean, the first decision we had to make was, was thematic. We had to st- uh, start by thinking about what is the theme going to be? How is that going to relate to us? How is that going to relate to our, our, the history of our school? Mm-hmm. The KCI, KCAI Foundation Department, um, a year and a half ago, celebrated its 50th year of existence um, wow. focused on uh, specifically first-year principals. Um, it's, it's one of the longer-running foundation programs in the nation. Um, wow. And so the idea of looking back over those 50 years for this conference was, was pretty significant. Um, we looked closely at some of the ideas of, of regionalism. Uh, we looked closely at the idea of uh, geography and where we were. Um, we looked closely at the idea, that more so like the concept of what is fundamental and what is foundation. And so we came to Beyond the Core because it both identified the fact that the conference is occurring smack dab in the middle of the United States. Yeah. Um, and also with the idea that, um, of course, foundation is often referred to as core, core studies. Many people teach at, in, in departments that are re- referred to as, you know, the school of core studies and so on. So there's, there's a reference in that. Also, the idea of beyond is probably the, the greater concept in, in that theme. The fact that beyond is really what we're always teaching to. Um, we're teaching to the idea that once they leave our, our fundamental space, our foundation program, they're going to have to begin to truly experience the idea of being a, a creative citizen. And so uh, hopefully in the theme, that's all, that's all understood. And, you know, there's many aspects to the, the, the conference that we'll talk about hopefully here today. Um, everything from uh, the juried exhibition, which is happening at a, at a new venue associated with KCAI. It's curated by former alumni from our foundation department um, who, are, who are curators in Kansas City right now. And then, of course, we've been working closely with uh, our keynote speaker over the last uh, six or eight months. Um, and we're really excited to have Enrique Martinez Celaya present to our audience. Wonderful. Wonderful. Well, and, you know, what is something that maybe, maybe at? Alex can can sort of jump on this. Is what's yeah. something that that you're excited about um, in terms of fate, specifically being in Kansas City? Because you you mentioned that you sort of claim that as your hometown, and that location <laughs> being being sort of in the middle and being a place that really has a lot going on in terms of art and culture. But, but maybe there aren't a lot of things that everybody knows about. You, you know, in terms of things things happening there. Yeah. Well, I you know I I appreciate. Caleb's comment about the creative citizen, I think that in some ways, I mean, we are, we are sort of uh, instilling that or, or sort of engaging with that conversation with the students all along the way. And I think the least thinking about that in terms of its relationship to Kansas City is interesting. Now that I live away from it, it it's almost as if the city itself and the culture of it is like a gem it, that it gets hidden. It's in the middle of kind of nowhere if you're from the coastal areas, you know, whether that's the east or the west, and it's definitely not south, and it's definitely not Chicago. And I think some of, I mean, 
maybe nationally, people could kind of see the special quality of Kansas City with the Royals, you know, participating in the World Series and event, you know, then winning. I mean, it was that was amazing to watch from the outside. In relationship to Beyond the Core, I, I think it's a great way to think the way that Caleb and and everybody that worked on the theme thought about the place of the of the art Insti- of the of Kansas City Art Institute and and its history and and its relationship to this place that is kind of in the middle of of nowhere in in a in a manner of speaking. And Beyond the Core makes me think like I always think about my role in, in terms of. Um, being an educator is to engage a student beyond their skills and concepts. At least that's where I feel like I am right now in my teaching. You know, I, I'm not struggling with finding projects as much as I am struggling with like this sort of creative citizen, this person that takes on the responsibility of what it means to be creative in a world today. In regard to Kansas City itself, I mean, I know I have a list of <laughs> of food things I want to see, but aside from that, there's a—I mean, not see, but eat at. But, um, <laughs> but aside from that, I know that Kansas City has an amazing music history, and if people can get out and go to listen to live music, listen to jazz specifically and blues, go. There is um, some amazing stuff going on with theater and performing arts right now and a couple people we could list off but I think that if they if some if members that are coming um, educators that are coming for fade if they look just at see at, you know what the possibilities are I think they'll see that there's quite a bit going on in the city and and it is uh, it, it, it can have a regional feel but it also has a global perspective I think too which is nice Definitely. And and I, I definitely appreciated, you know, it seems like with the programming, there's been a real intentionality to sort of have those that are coming to the conference experience not only the Art Institute, but also the community, you know, mm-hmm. and, and I know that there's um, a big event on Friday, that first Friday situation that we're going to be participating in. Can you speak a little bit about that? Uh, yeah, I can. Um, so, you know, I think we, we're, we're fortunate that we're going to be able to take the fake community and dump them right in the middle <laughs> of, our, of our First Friday gallery night. And so the juried exhibition is going to be presented at the K, um, KCAI Crossroads Gallery Center for Contemporary Practice, which oh, cool. um, is, a, is a space that... Um, uh, was previously referred to as Grand Arts, um, which was a was a, a curatorial endeavor operated here in Kansas City that did some really remarkable projects over the past ten or fifteen years, and the space was donated recently to KCAI. Um, it has now become um, a space where student and public engagement is is welcomed in many ways. Just that venue alone, being right in the middle of the Crossroads District, offer, offers the opportunity for us to take the fake community into that, into that uh, region of KC, and then, of course, introduce them to the exhibition, but then just really let them go. Let them wander through uh, the, you know, the mini galleries, the 10,000 people that will be out at that time, mm-hmm. uh, trucks, which will line right down 18th Street, right next to the gallery, the live music in the streets, and so on and so forth. And we're really excited to be able to, to do that. You know, we've been networking travel plans uh, to and from the hotel just so that's easy um, for uh, many of the attendants. And it'll just it's it'll be a really good demonstration of the amount of energy that's occurring in our city. You know, Alex talks about the idea of of us being somewhat in the middle of nowhere. And that's a lot of concern that people have about Kansas City, I think, when they first come 
to KC mm-hmm. is this idea that like we're not we're not New York and we're not um, LA and we're often referred to as a flyover city. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we also have some pretty remarkable secrets about our city. You know, people wouldn't know that Hallmark is one of the largest draws of of uh, commercial design and illustration in America, and it's. Mm-hmm. It's right in the heart of the city. And, and recently, our, our Nelson Atkins Museum of Art was listed as, I think, the number one museum in the U.S. by Time Magazine, which is pretty interesting. Wow. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, we have the Nerman Museum of Art, which is connected to Johnson County Community College, mm-hmm. which is it's, it's one of the most superior uh, contemporary, contemporary museums yeah. associated with an educational institution, which is pretty remarkable. Um, yeah, it has a good collection. It's an amazing collection. Yeah. So I believe actually right now there's an exhibition up by an artist who graduated from KCAI Foundation Department, which is pretty awesome. Oh, awkward. wow. That's, that's incredible. Oh, yeah. is, that the, is that the Don Cotman? Oh, well, there's I, that. But also there's a show up by an individual named Matt Bollinger. Oh, okay, um, okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, he's a, he's, a, he's a KC born and raised. And so, you know, there's other things like Alex was talking about, 18th and Vine Jazz Area, Jazz District has some fantastic energy and opportunities um, just to do, if, if at the least, cultural observation. Just watch people. Yeah, they uh, have the, they have, you know? they have the, there's a Negro League baseball. I mean, there's a lot of things to do outside of just specifically the arts, like Caleb was talking about, the cultural, because like the, the Mutual Musicians Foundation is still down there and you can go yeah. and listen to live music. And yeah. there's the the Blue Room, I think, is still there. And for live music as well down in the 18th and Vine area. And then also the Negro League Baseball Museum, which is an amazing historical. And there's also the, the jazz museum that's there. Right. Right oh, now. wow. Yeah. yeah. And, and I think it's pretty rel- it's relatively close to Arthur Bryant's. Like if you keep going out a little further east, yeah. you'll hit that, yeah. which is like a premier hole in the wall kind of barbecue place. But, but Arthur Bryant, the histor- the history of him, it, like he worked for a, 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 a man that sort of started the style of Kansas city style barbecue. And then, and then kind of went off on his own. And, um, I think the namesake is the father, um, Arthur yeah. Bryant. So that's an amazing fact, institution. Yeah. And an interesting fact about Arthur Bryant's barbecue, they go through 20,000 pounds of meat a week. Wow. Wow. So, so Caleb, I was curious, like you talked about the transportation from the hotel down into the crossroads district. So there's about I don't know, like what, a 20 block kind of city block distance. Um, But I know that Kansas City has the trolley. And will that take, you know, us faders from like one hotel location or the plaza area down toward the crossroads area? uh, What we're doing is we have uh, chartered buses that'll take uh, the attendants from the Intercontinental Hotel directly to the gallery uh, and drop them right in the middle of of the crossroads. And from there they can choose to join the reception, travel out into the gallery spaces, public spaces, restaurants, bars, so on, or they can get back on the bus and go back to the, to another region, either back to the plaza area where the hotel's located, or you can get on the, uh, what's it called? The trolley. The trolley. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. The street car. Called the, the street, the street. Oh yeah, the streetcar. I know, I, I yeah. know, I didn't have it right. The streetcar, and you can take it um, <laughs> down to the river market if you want. You know, and oh, so yeah, the streetcar, the, you know, the streetcar just comes and goes up and down um, Main Street. Oh okay. Yeah, it stops at Union Station, which is roughly about 20th Street. The hotel's located on 40, 45th Street. The nice thing is, is that uh, of course everything is is in close proximity. 
uh, relatively so. It's either a, a bus bus ride away or a taxi ride if you really wanted to venture a little bit out. But also, the art museums are in are within walking distance of the hotel. The art institute is within walking distance of the hotel, and so we hopefully designed the program and the schedule so that you could peel yourself off a little bit and just go see things. Yeah. Yeah. Caleb's right. The, the proximity of the hotel is great. And it's, um, it faces the plaza, which is like, a, I think it's JC Nichols design. It's like the first outdoor walking shopping right. area. And it was, it's like oh, from wow. the thirties. So it, there's a lot of really interesting history just within the way that, and it's beautiful too. I mean, it's just, um, I think it's mirrored after the architecture in Seville, Spain. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, incredible. I had no uh, idea. Yeah. One thing I wanted to mention, like Caleb was talking, you can peel yourself away. And I know that like uh, north of the, the plaza area is what Caleb was talking about. Like the Art Institute is located there, the Nelson Atkins Museum of Art. Um, and their collection of, of Asian art is amazing. I think it's like a premiere. And then the Kemper Museum. But then if you go further south, there's just other little like, I don't know. I mean, I think about them as gems, but like the peanut is a really great place to sort of get away. It's a bar, it has serves food. And, but there's some other like shops and things that have opened up in that area. Yeah. All within walking distance of the, yeah. Oh, that's so wonderful. That's really exciting. Yeah. You know, there's actually, I mean, the things that are happening at the two museums right now, uh, the Kemper museum of contemporary art and the Nelson Atkins museum of art, which, uh, essentially flank both sides of the art Institute or across the street from both of them. Right now there's a exhibition at the Kemper by Rashid Johnson. Yeah, uh, I want to see that. Oh, uh, nice. Which has been designed uh, in collaboration with the Jazz Museum. And so, and, and then there's some examples of the, of the works from their collection on view. Um, and it's totally worth, it's totally worth seeing. And the Nelson, the Nelson has, uh, I believe on March 11th, they debuted some recently donated works from Henry Block mm. that like master works of, of impressionism and so on um, that have never been, uh, never been exhibited, never been seen, uh, and he made this large donation to the museum, and they've been pre- uh, prepping the spaces now for the last two years. So, oh wow! So, yeah, I was looking online. They, I think Nick Cave will have an exhibition that opens at the Nelson while we're at Fate, and then also um, the Kemper will have a collection of uh, Robert Mangold images. So that would yeah. be yeah. there's yeah. just like oh, such wow. a nice little variety of things going on. It'll be it's going to be fun. I think it'll be yeah. really fun. Yeah. yeah, there's there's a lot to do and a lot to see. And I know you guys mentioned, uh, the, so the juried show, that's really exciting. And our keynote speaker, is the keynote happening on Friday night or is that happening another time during during the, the conference? It's happening Thursday evening. Um, oh, Thursday evening, of course. At 7 o'clock. And we designed it that way so it gave everybody an opportunity to enjoy Friday in the city. A keynote, uh, Enrique Martinez-Salaya should be speaking at 7 um, PM that evening. Oh, cool. And then Valerie, I'm, so this year I was able to participate in the, like during, I guess is how we talk about it with the educator award. Right. Which was such right. an amazing, like that was amazing. Super yes, absolutely. 
When um, when does that award get announced? So those awards, um, and there there are three of those, and there was a, um, a jury panel that was outside of the fate board that that made those those choices. And those winners have been notified, and we're going to announce those, cool. I believe, at the conference. And so um, so that's really really wonderful. Um, and there were so many that were nominated, and that's something that all the fate members will have an opportunity to do again. You know, post conference fill out, you know, all, all those forms and uh, reflections and things. And then you can nominate someone for an emerging educator award, um, a master educator. And then we also have a service award that we'll be um, giving out as well. So it's, it's really wonderful. And there, there were a team, I guess, of like five, five or six of you guys that, that, that worked, worked really hard and had to go over all those applications. And there were many, many of them. Um, Yeah. The the pool was amazing. It was, ins- yeah, it was inspiring to, to sort of sit in on, on y'all's conversations. Um, but, but it is, it is an incredible, incredible thing. So those individuals will get, you know, announced and, and really celebrated throughout the conference. Well, so tell us a little bit more about Kansas City. You guys have sort of touched on the art scene and sort of the cult- cultural sort of gems and surprises. Is, is there anything else that, that we should know about in terms of planning you know, planning our trip to Kansas City, especially for those who might be like first timers, you know, will we have an opportunity to view the campus or to check out any classrooms at uh, KCAI, for example? Well, that's one of the things that, you know, KCAI is, if, if we look a little bit at some of the previous conferences, the thing that's different about our conferences is that there's there's nothing officially being hosted on our campus because essentially we're, we're, we're such a small private institution that to have 500 people come onto our <laughs> campus which would double the size of our campus. <laughs> and so we're in the process of planning um, essentially some, some self-guided tours through our foundation building because we'll still be in, we'll still be in session, of course, while this conference is going on. Sure. Uh, we'll, be in the, we'll be at the very beginning of our last workshop um, with the students. And we're excited about I mean, essentially, we have one week to get off and, you know, off the ground and running before um, fate members show up. And we want to have our building, of course, uh, activated and, and buzzing and, you know, really taking big bites out of out of the last curriculum for the year. And so KC, you know, KCAI is going through many changes right now with some new administration that has come in recently. We've we've had the, the fantastic ability to build a new fabrication lab. Um, which is focused cool. strictly on digital processes and technologies, uh, 3D printing, CNC routing, uh, laser cutting, so on and so on and so on. Jacquard looms, digitally, digitally guided looms and so on exist in this facility. And so wow. really, cool. uh, yeah, you know, and, and our ceramics facility has been recently updated. It's now state of the art uh, with all kinds of, of, of new digital processes along with traditional processes. And so I, I would just really encourage everybody to spend some time walking through, I mean, uh, walking through campus. Our campus is, it's, it's now been a, a space in flux for the last year and a half. They, they've been re-landscaping, remodeling, building new, new structures. Sculpture, sculpture building has been completely uh, reimagined and is, wow. is, is pretty, it's pretty remarkable. If you go to any of the museums, you can't miss KCAI because the foundation building, the front door of the foundation building is about 100 feet from the front door of the Kemper Museum, which is pretty remarkable. And so if you, you know, if, 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 
any fate member finds himself in that area, which they should, everybody should just spend some time just on the lawn, you know, if, if anything, watching the people come and go between spaces and, of course, taking in a large aspect of, of our department. Mm. Well, and I've, you know, I've, I've heard so many great things about Kansas City. It's it's definitely a town that I, I haven't spent a lot of time in, um, but it's on my list of places I would want to go back on purpose. Yeah. Yeah, I you think know. it's, well, like we were saying earlier, you know, it's kind of like, uh, pe- it's an afterthought in so many ways, but but I think that's actually what makes it the best, you know, kind of place to find once you do find it. And one thing I was going to add to what Caleb was saying, like, I think there's so many opportunities for people just even around the hotel with the, with the, with the Kansas City Art Institute and, and the Nelson and the Kemper. But a couple of places I want to mention to people that are kind of off the grid in a way, but because they're just sort of down in this other, we call it the, is like the West Bottoms area. Caleb, I'm talking about Plug. Sure. And, um, and so Caleb's a part of that uh, collective, and they sort of have a, an ongoing conversation with with contemporary art in Kansas City and, and regionally and then also nationally, but um, they with a lot of programming, bringing artists in, but then also engaging with the artists that are in the city. And then the other place I wanted to mention, these are a couple places I always try to hit whenever I come back to Kansas City, but Haw Contemporary, there's always like an, a really nice uh, collection of uh, exhibitions that happen there. Um, yeah. on an ongoing basis. And and those are kind of off, you know, I don't, I don't know of any simple way to get there by a, bu- by a bus, frankly, yeah. but if somebody <laughs> is mobile by car, it, I would highly recommend as, a, as something to do. I mean that and, and like the Nerman, because it is about 20 miles outside of the city in Overland Park, um, Kansas. But uh, as Caleb was describing earlier, like it is an extraordinarily high quality collection and then they have really interesting exhibitions and it's, de- it's definitely worth the trip. Yeah. I mean, you know, if, if people find themselves taking, you know, a caravan of people or something out to the Nerman, what's, what's amazing about the Nerman is that the philosophy behind the, behind the entire museum is that it's supported by, by academia. Um, it's, a contemporary museum that has a constantly growing collection of both regional and internationally significant artists. And also the campus, which is a community college of probably about 25,000 students. It's a large community college. They support, I mean, it's a community college that supports the arts. If you walk through even anywhere from their dining hall to general general staff offices to yeah, hallways seeing, so on and so forth it's all full of the collection collection anything, it's amazing yeah it's anything. on top of like a roof you know sculpture yeah. in the courtyard yeah. it's everywhere oh, really? wow. yeah and it's 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 they very own, it's very good they own thousands of works of art that are just next to students as they eat in the coffee shop um yeah. you know i mean significant works of art it's pretty remarkable so the, the museum is amazing but they also have maps if you were to go out there of the essentially, you know, across campus, it's divided based on period. It's divided based on, you know, for example, contemporary Native American holdings. They have a lot of those and it's just through campus. So it's a way to appreciate both the campus and it's also a way to appreciate the collection. And so those are some of the things that a lot of times people uh, would not know about KC. I mean, there's there's a remarkable uh, World War One museum. Um, oh, Yeah. If for all for all people interested in history, um, oh wow! And, well, it, and then the train, uh, the uh, uh, what is it called? The streetcar? No, the oh shoot, the um. Oh, Union Station. Yeah, 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 yeah. Union yeah. Station. It's like it's. I mean, it, 
it's an old, well, there's, they, Amtrak still actually functions through there, but, yeah. but you can walk through there. It's, it's, a, it's, it's kind of, a, it's, a it's amazing. It's a beautiful building. Yeah. Yeah. So, oh, wow. um, well, and, and, and I know that, you know, at the conference we're going to be fed well, you know, we'll have like breakfast sure. and we'll have, we'll have lunch and all that. But, um, you mentioned a little bit about barbecue, which I'm very <laughs> curious about being, being from Texas and getting getting my hands on this like Kansas City barbecue that everyone's so proud of I, I want to experience it um, but but I would imagine there there are other you know food items or you know little hot spots that might be worth trying out can you guys talk a little bit about that yeah, yeah. I mean, hey I'm hey gonna... Caleb can I cut, can I Alex, um, you know, Alex is married to a chef, so she knows what she's talking about. <laughs> I'm, not a, I'm not a foodie, but at the same time, you know, part of the like, part of the swag bag that we're going to work on is is compiling a uh, essentially like a top five. If you're going to eat meat, this is where to go to do it. Oh, so lovely. Uh, so that you're not going to waste your time with those places, which, you know, are not not the best. If we're going to be barbecue snobs, we might as well embrace it. <laughs> yes, totally. Well, and it's interesting because we have, you know, there's so many people coming from all parts, but if you're coming from the South and it's the Eastern part of the, you know, the South, uh, then you're going to sort of expect like some more, I, I don't know, I would say like vinegar based, but, and you know, like there's a slaw component and it's probably <laughs> pork. And then, you know, but Texas is all about a cow in right. and the brisket. And actually that's something that I have definitely learned not I appreciate is not the right word because it sounds like I didn't before, but it's amazingly good and and completely different than Kansas City style. And you know, Kansas City style is a little bit sweeter. They based everything. Um, it, it's served with sauce, and um, there are depending on the type of place. And I'm sure Caleb will list the the best places to go. But everybody's sauce is slightly different. The beans are significantly different than they are in Texas, and I would. Oh. That is, um, so I highly recommend, I, my favorite are the Kansas City style beans, but outside of barbecue, I mean, I know that there's places that I, I always like to sort of, that I like to visit the peanuts. One of them, I mentioned that before their hot wings are, are the best I've ever had actually. Uh, and then there's yeah. a, just a couple like yeah. local joints that are fun to go to that are just, I, Caleb, I'm thinking of like twin city tavern. Like these are like local establishments, but there, I know since I've moved away, there's a lot of new um, locally owned businesses and restaurants that are available for people. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, Westport, Westport probably since you moved away, Alex is completely different. You know, I mean the, uh, all, most of the restaurants are not the same. There's a lot of new things happening in some of those areas. The it's, it's livelier. And so it'll be interesting to see what people gravitate towards. Westport uh, is like the nightlife area. That's right. Oh, okay. So in the way that the city works, it's like the city downtown is north and then you'll hit the crossroads, which is, so it starts at like in the, you know, like first street, you know, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, And then the crossroads is around 18th. Yeah. Uh, The uh, the Westport is around 43rd, right? 40th. 40th. And then, and so then we will be staying on the plaza, which is around 45th. That's right. Okay. So we're... South of all of that, is that right? South, yeah, and the, and oh, like Caleb okay. was saying, like the transportation that the conference is providing will be great, but then also you have the trolley um, access, which runs north and south, all the way to oh, the farmers. Great. What's it called? It's not the farmers market. I always think of because that's where the far, farmers yes. market is, but the uh, the river market. Yeah, the river market runs right al- runs 
right up against the Missouri River. Yeah. And then the other thing I wanted to mention, which I don't know if we take this for granted anymore, but all of Kansas City that we're talking about is in Missouri. That's right. (laughs) So there is a Kansas City, Kansas. And at any given moment, depending on if somebody goes like uh, over towards 39th Street area, which is kind of fun little area, you can get yourself into Kansas very quickly and not know it. So state line literally is the divide between the two cities. And How strange. Yeah, I don't know exactly how or why, but but they're definitely not the same. <laughs> if you start talking to people where yeah. they're from, they'll definitely claim one over the other. Yeah, I mean it's a it's it's a, it's an assumption that we're in Kansas, but we are definitely the majority of Kansas right. City is in Missouri. Yeah. I'm going to just be honest and say I didn't know that. Um, <laughs> I mean, I guess I just assumed, you know, right. it was Kansas, um, yeah. especially since there's Kansas in the word of the city. Yeah. Um, that that seemed, um, wow. So do you find that, you know, being there, that it's, there's a big, like, there's a line in the sand and you're either on this team or this team, or is, is there sort of a unified vibe that happens or... I mean, it depends on what you're going for, you know, yeah. I mean, what you're in search for, like KCK, um, as we would call it, KCK, there are some, maybe some of the best Mexican restaurants are in KCK. Totally. And also they have uh, Strawberry Hill, like the Povetica. Yeah. Like, uh, like that's the kind of, it's a, it's a Polish bread, which so Valerie, similar in some ways, the way we feel about kolaches and kabob. Oh, sure, like, sure. On that level. And in fact, I ask, that's a request I have from my family is that gets mailed every holiday, like Christmas and Easter <laughs> kind of thing. Um, but, but Caleb's right. Like the Mexican food in KCK is very, I mean, there's a big population of Lat- Latinx is that if, the, if you want to use the contemporary way of saying that, but communities. And so, yeah, it's a, it's a different, but I don't know. I mean, I lived in KCK. I lived right kind of on the, on state line really. And my, we, I've worked in both places, like in the city and in this, or in Missouri and in Kansas. So I don't know. I, I mean, it is. And I think once it, if you start talking about sports, I mean, we all rally around that. So it doesn't matter where you're from, you know, that, that kind of, I mean, I, yeah. Yeah. I mean, but the, the large majority of, of, um, urban happenings and, and so on is in Missouri. Um, okay. Okay. So all of the things that you guys talked about, all the museums, yeah. all the places to do all the nightlife stuff, that's in yeah. Missouri. That's, okay. that's in Missouri. Yeah. Uh, Johnson County Community College and the Nerman uh, Contemporary Art Museum are in Kansas. Interesting. Yeah. Um, it's kind of like one big, because it's like a bedroom community. And it, once you get out of the city into Johnson County, Overland Park area, which is where the community colleges, a lot of the people that work in the city itself may live in all these regions all around, um, around the city, whether it's in Missouri or Kansas. Hmm. Very wonderful. I, I wasn't aware of that kind of separation, but that's, that's, that's really curious. Yeah. I mean, you may find yourself in Kansas, uh, on a hunt for barbecue. Uh, that's, that's maybe not that uncommon. Sure. Yeah. Like is, is, is Joe's KC, Joe's KC is in Kansas, isn't it? Yeah. Formerly Oklahoma Joe's. Yeah. Yes. 
I highly recommend that place, by the way, but I would call it in and pick it up. <laughs> I would. Oh, really? So it's yep. not a place it's that you want to hang of, out? Or? Well, no, it's it's actually awesome. It's a gas station, uh, and but it often will have a line out the door and around the building. So oh, a wow. way to mitigate that time is to call ahead and just pick it up. And uh, but but it's uh, that's like a I definitely hit that spot when when I visit uh, when I visit totally. And oh, and another thing I want to say is Kansas City has a unique thing, and I don't know if, about how this functions in the South in terms of barbecue, but burnt ends yeah. are a thing that is Whoa. significant or unique to Kansas. So it's like uh, if anybody knows anything about a brisket, it's like the tip is cut off. And, and like twice cooked. And if you're from Texas, you might understand what that means. But in Texas, we, you cut the tip off when you, when you cook the brisket. So anyway, it's a thing and it's, 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 it's extraordinary. Wow. Wow. I'm really fascinated. So what happens if, if you don't eat meat and you find yourself (laughs) in Kansas city, are you just like wandering the streets? Like really hungry? <laughs> well, I mean, that's the thing I think that's changed. And Caleb, you're going to have to speak to this more because I think, yeah, well, it used to be sure it was di- more difficult, but in the last five years, it's changed a lot. I think that's what Caleb was inferring when he was saying how much like Westport has changed and your options. And yeah, I mean, there's, you know, I mean, there are, of course, there are non, non-barbecue places that exist in KC. And like, for example, there's, there's uh, a, a couple really good sushi places have opened up recently. Um, there's uh, a vegan restaurant on the west side, which is a really quaint part of directly west of, of the Crossroads District. And there's a place that they're called Food, F-U-D. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that is a vegan restaurant that's really good. And so there's definitely options outside of barbecue. Um, wonderful, uh, wonderful. You don't, don't need to lose registration numbers just because they, everybody thinks we're going to feed them meat. Oh, yeah, yeah, totally. Also, <laughs> too, like on the plaza, there are a lot of options. I mean, the plaza used to be a lot of locally owned. And it's, you know, as, as things happen, things, you know, the, the, the vibe can change. But um but just within walking distance of the hotel, I mean, you have, there's Asian and then there's Mexican and there's barbecue, but there's also like, I'm thinking of like the classic cup often has options sure. that are different and local. And there's places that are open really late to serve food. So, you know, there are, a, there are a lot of options, but, but it is like a barbecue town for sure. I mean, the American Royal is there and that's like the largest yeah. barbecue competition in the country. Right. Well, and they, they also have a lot of breweries, from what I understand, in Kansas yeah. City. Well, yeah. Are there any that, that you would recommend? Any sort of, like, local drinks that, that, that we should experience? Should we be inclined to have a beverage? So, actually, uh, Raymond Gaddy, who has done such a great job connecting with sponsors and so on through the Fate yes. Conference, has also been trying to connect with some breweries um, that will cater to our exhibition reception. Um, We're in the process of doing that right now, working with some local breweries. And as part of that research, when he said he was interested in doing that, I had one of my instructional assistants make a list of all the breweries, microbreweries that exist in KC. And I was astonished by how many new ones exist that I had no idea Hmm. around like i think there's something something crazy like 20 microbrews now in kansas city wow Uh, that's significant because it wasn't like when we left i think there were it was it was a few and boulevard was still like that premier sort of place local brewery yeah yeah Uh, i will say i'm a huge fan of the boulevard 
pale ale. I mean, I've made drawings about this beer. <laughs> and <laughs> living here in Austin, it's been really interesting because there are so many options. And yep. I'm like, I've been on a Twitter conversation with Boulevard about why I can't get their particular pale ale here, but I can get everything else, the chocolate yep. ale. Like, you know, and, and all the seasonals, which is quite amazing because in Kansas City, you know, often you're fighting on the shelves to get whatever the, the, the local or uh, current seasonal might be. Um, but, but, yeah, I think that's awesome if you're going to have options for people to try different local. I mean, that's uh, part of like the Friday, you know, the Friday out in the Crossroads District. I mean, I know of three and maybe four micro brews that are within one block of the gallery um, that have opened oh, up. Wow. I mean, some of them have only been open for less than a month. So I can't speak on behalf of their beer yet because I haven't had it. But, <laughs> but, uh, but there's a lot of things happening in those in those those communities for sure. Like the beer drinking culture here is. Mm-hmm. It's, it's real. It's real. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so but at the same time, you know, I mean, a lot of the restaurants in there's a handful of restaurants in Westport, um, which is. You know, I mean, it's walkable from the plaza um, and the conference if you wanted to. It's really about five blocks. Uh, A lot of the restaurants are microbrews as well, or they may serve, you know, a selection of beers only from Kansas City or whatever that is. And so, you know, I mean, there's if if people are looking for like, from what I've heard, I haven't even actually um, been there yet. There's a new restaurant in town called the Antler Room. What's it called? The Antler Room. Okay. Um, and it's essentially like a curated eating experience. Um, oh, interesting. And I've heard nothing terrible about it. I mean, I mean, to the point where people are, are like, that's all they want to talk to me about is the antler room. Have you been to the huh. antler room? And I'm like, no, I haven't been to the antler room yet. And it hasn't been open very long, but essentially, you know, the chef approaches his food from, the, from, from a place that is not that different than the way in which a curator would, would curate an exhibition. Yeah. Oh wow, that sounds really cool. And where hey Caleb, where where is it in Westport now or where is that one? Um I'm pretty room? sure I, I think it's I think it's in the crossroads area. Okay. Yeah. Oh wonderful. Well I, I definitely appreciate that, you know, it sounds like you know, at the upcoming fate conference, we're going to have a lot of opportunity to really immerse ourselves in the culture and understand a little bit more about the community and the food and, and, and the art. And it sounds like the hotel is going to be positioned where we can really do a lot um, yeah. within that, you know, three or four days that, that we're going to be in town. Yeah. I will say people should, I don't know what the weather will be like and, and Kansas is notorious, well, Kansas city is notoriously notorious for like weather changing on a dime. So I would, um, and, and, and I think everywhere mostly, well, I wouldn't say that, but uh, there's been a lot of, uh, really, really nice weather. And I think Caleb, you guys are going to get maybe snow tomorrow or something. Yeah, I'm actually sitting in my, my, uh, dining room looking out my window and, uh, it was 65 degrees on Wednesday. Yeah. Today it was 50 and today it's 40. Uh, <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> so I would recommend again so bring yeah. a jacket bring a jacket maybe an umbrella yeah. bring a lot bring of options yeah walking shoes yeah for sure oh wow well and I'm, I'm just I'm so excited about the juried show and getting a chance to um you know hear the keynote and it sounds like 
the swag bag is going to be full of um, suggestions and various places we should check out. Um, I also want to mention that the podcast crew, we're going to be having a couple tables in the hotel lobby, and we're going to be hosting a screen scream jamboree where you can come and meet the podcast team and pitch us your ideas and add your voice to the podcast. Uh, We're going to have exclusive conversation, little interviews, uh, feedback on the conference. We'll also have some podcast swag and we're going to have a screen printing station. Gwen is going to bring uh, screens that have the the podcast logo and you can actually screen um, a t-shirt or possibly the the tote bags, but it's a BYOS. So bring your own shirt um, for that event. So that will be Thursday after the sessions are over and Saturday um, after the sessions are over. But yeah, we're, in um, the process of, we're in the process of ordering the tote bags today, probably. Oh, and, very exciting. Uh, yeah. We're, we're planning on leaving space somewhere on the tote bag for podcast screening jamboree. What'd you call it? Screen. screen <laughs> it has an entirely silly name, of course, but it's a, um, the screen scream jamboree. There you go. Um, oh my yes, God. I can't yes. <laughs> I know. I know. It's like, should I be wearing overalls to this? I'm, I'm not entirely <laughs> sure how, how one prepares for these kinds of activities, but, but I think, I think it'll be a lot of fun and that can, can happen, you know, right before the, the keynote on Thursday. And then of course, after, um, all the sessions, on Saturday because we really have things going on really all day Saturday with the conference which is really great really really wonderful yeah Yeah, and I'm definitely excited I know I have I have I'm paneling a chair or I'm paneling a chair (laughs) co-chairing a panel with Katie Hargrave from the University of um, uh, Tennessee Chattanooga and so I think our I think we go like Thursday or yeah Thursday afternoons it must be maybe the session before the break before the keynote or something, I think. So it's called the quiet radicalization of foundations. It'll be, I'm excited for it. I think it'll be a really great conversation and I'm excited to see, uh, you know, the other panels and, and see what's going on. That that brings up something, Alex, that there's an exhibition that's going to be occurring on first Friday at the Lee Volkes art center, which is located at 20th and Baltimore in the crossroads. There's essentially, there's a group of people and I was associated. I knew them when I lived in Montana and they are associated with KCAI over the course of many, many years. And the exhibition is being put on by a group that refers to themselves as Paint Talica. They are uh, a, a politically driven, essentially make, make art in the, in, within, in the venue as people watch them type of thing. Um, oh, wow. We're doing everything from chainsaw sculpture to a uh, large-scale painting to performance-based work and so on. And most of the people associated with it have some connection to KCAI Foundation. Jay Schmidt, who's a big part of it, is an, is an alumni um, of KCAI. And um, David Dunlap, who uh, for many years taught painting and drawing until recently up at University of Iowa, taught in Foundation in the late 60s. And so, Oh, cool. oh neat. Yeah, so, so it's going to be an event that shouldn't be missed, for sure. Sure. Oh, wonderful. Well, and I just saw on the fate Facebook page that Chris Kinky, who you guys probably know from, mm-hmm. he was on the board um, previously, but he, he's in a group show called Hot Rods and Handguns, or maybe it's a solo show. At UMPC, right? Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Cool. And so that reception, it looks like it's going to be on Thursday night, so we'll yeah. you know be in, in town for that, which is pretty fun for sure. Yeah, there's a lot going going on it's it's pretty pretty exciting and it seems like it's not usually like this wherever we are at at conferences so it's 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 pretty wonderful i'm 
excited, sincerely. Oh, and it's a solo show. Oh, so sorry, Chris. I called it a group show. It's a solo show. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But that's um, really, really fun. Well, so I guess I'm I'm just curious, you know, um, are there uh, particular, you know, things that you're sort of hoping to take away in terms of, you know, related to the theme of Beyond the Core? Are there certain sessions that, that you're wanting to attend or certain topics that you're hoping to maybe learn a little bit more about? Uh, I'll, I'll be very honest about this. I haven't, <laughs> I haven't thought about anything other than planning nuts and bolts. Yeah. So I haven't, <laughs> right. even though I'm working with somebody to help design the program, I have not even ran my eyes down the list of what's being offered in probably the last three months. And so, um, sure, sure. Alex would be better to answer that. Well, I, I think, you know, I, I think what's interesting about Fade is that, you know, when I first started teaching, it was like, oh, my God, I need a project. Then I can – and there's this place and there's this conversation going on and I can see that happening. And I think what's interesting is that, like, Caleb, you know, you and I have been going to these conferences for I don't know how long. You know, I've been going since 2007 and I feel like offering up different opportunities at different levels of teaching for what foundations – you know, what what things happen in foundations is a really great – is a really great thing. And I, and in some ways I feel like that's starting to happen. Like there's this different sort of not different leveling, but like, uh, just different ways of thinking about the, all the things that we do, you know? And so I know that I'll probably look for things on technology and, um, definitely the, the panel that I'm on. I'm really curious and excited for the speakers that we have and the conversation that we get to have with the audience and, and just to kind of meet other people and see where they are in their teaching. And I love the event. I mean, fate is something I look forward to. It's very social. It's very, I mean, I think it's always super informative and it makes me be excited about getting back into my classroom and making changes for the betterment of the student, you know? Absolutely. It's, it is, it's, it really creates such a, it's just, yeah, it's, it's a wonderful group and it's also, you can learn so much and, everyone is excited to talk about what they're doing and, and where, where they're at. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I really want to thank you guys for, for chatting and talking about Kansas city and talking about the conference and getting this sort of fired up as they're packing and planning and dreaming about food and and music (laughs) and cool places to go. There's so much art that's going to be there while, while we're in town. I'm I'm just really happy about that. Yeah. I'm excited. And I, and I can't wait to listen to the podcast. Thanks Wonderful. so much for the opportunity, Valerie. That of course. Great. So when I thought about K- Kansas City, I immediately thought of the two of you, like for sure. And I yes. thought, well, this is so perfect. And who better to talk about, you know, the upcoming conference and the upcoming place, you know, than than you guys. So I really appreciate your time. I know you guys are both very busy. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, thank you. All right. Well, thanks. I'll see you guys in, in a little while in Kansas City. All right. Good. Very good. All right. Thanks. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of Positive Space. If you're interested in being part of FATE's ongoing conversations on art foundations, visit the FATE website, foundationart.org. Don't forget the dash between the foundations and art. This episode's interview was conducted by Valerie Powell and was engineered and edited by Raymond Gaddy. Our theme music was provided by Lee Rosevere. Please join us next month for another visit to the Positive Space.